everyone and welcome back to the Shock Absorber podcast. It is wonderful to have you along with us and uh, my two regular co-hosts aren't here today, but it's wonderful, again, to have a guest co-host, we call you a, that? A guest? You've been on before. I've been on before, yeah. but I but I but when I was on before, I was a guest, yes. I think. Ethan Crawshaw, how are you? Hello, everybody. Uh, I am well. How what is you? your title again? Uh, uh, I'm the Youth Mission Pastor. Youth Mission Pastor. Survival. Yeah, cool. I just wanted to make sure we, we got that right. So welcome <laughs> um, here. Uh, yes, you're Thank jumping you in for Joel. Uh, not for Joel, I'm here. We're jumping in for Stu and Tim, who are unable to make it today. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited you're here. We were just talking about uh, something previously. Yes, a TV show. We were. We have both really gone into Apple TV Plus, which is called Slow Horses. Excellent. Now you're. I've watched the first two seasons. They've, they're mm-hmm. all the ones that have been out yet so far. There's another two seasons coming. Is there? Excellent. I'm very excited about. Oh, it. That's fantastic. You've just started season two. Yes, I have. Season one was phenomenal. All I right. loved it. So let's let's get your first first opinion of how you're feeling about it so far, and then we can tell people what it's actually about. Uh, I think it's great. I think, um, like, I'll say as much like before saying fully what it's about. Like, it's a spy show, and yes. love spy a thriller. Lo- love, yeah, love a good spy thriller, <laughs> uh, and it's. It's a really fun look at uh, these characters and how they relate to one another and how they look after one another, but also how they kind of like want to go on their own because they're spies and they're like, um, and so they got to like learn how to make a team. Yep. I love, I love a good like becoming a team oh, story. Oh, like when they do montages for bank robber movies. Oh, that's the awesome. best. Yep. The best. That's. Yep. I think that's one of my favorite things about a heist is oh, like. Oh, like, I don't really care about the heist, yeah. but like getting everyone together yeah. is just oh, oh yeah, it's so got to be one of my favorite things too. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah, that's really cool. But yeah, what, what's what's Slow Horse is actually about? Uh, you know? So yeah, as you said, it's a spy thriller, mm-hmm. and um, it focuses on a character called Jackson Lamb, who is in charge of an area of MI5 called Slough House. Yes, which is where basically anyone who's done something wrong or blown a mission or something like that just yeah. gets booted over there to slowly rot on the vine. <laughs> and they, they set it up that way though too, yeah. don't they? They're like, this is where you go. Your career is going to die. That's yeah. where you're going. Yeah. As you get into the series, they actually all get wrapped up. Jackson, the guy who runs, played by Gary Oldman, who runs Slough House, he is actually was at you know, part of the top leadership of MI5 back in the seventies and eighties. Yep. So and he got kicked out for doing something in particular. We don't know which, what that which, is yet. Uh, yes, we we, I'm sure that. we'll find out at some point. Um, but then he's gets this random bunch of spies who are all rather difficult to deal with. He's difficult to deal with. He's a very cranky, curmudgeonly character. <laughs> he <laughs> That's is, putting yes. it lightly. Yeah. Uh, but then cranky. they end up getting mixed up in things that are happening with the major, the, my, the main part of MI5. Yeah. And um, they get wrapped up in that. And But I think the thing is, uh, I was saying earlier, I think it's one of the best TV shows I've watched in the last five years. It's pretty good. And I think you made the point is that the writing is what's really cool. And I think it's yeah. shot beautifully. Like I think it a is. lot of the shows on it's Apple really TV lovely. Plus are shot that way. But I think the uh, the way that they uh, you keep it, you the way that you're still involved in the story and there's so much intrigue, but they yeah. keep moving it on as well. It's just really I love good writing in TV shows. It's it's really nicely done, and and I think like as you as we talked about the Slayer House being where they get like kicked out too. Like I love you, you get you get kind of caught up in these characters that are written really nicely, but you kind of learn how and why each of them have ended up there, mm. and that's a really cool mm. thing to to witness as they like as they're sharing their lives with one another and they're chatting about stuff. And uh, despite being these really secretive, secret agent types yep. that usually would never have talked to each other, 
uh, they they kind of end up having to by 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 being forced into this team together <laughs> that they all don't like each other and they all don't want to be there. Yeah. But yeah, they they become friends and that's really cool. And what you were saying it was so like I see it as being so high quality that I don't there's nothing else that I want to watch on TV now because it, I don't think it matches that yeah. like matches up to that quality. Yeah. And I and I don't know why, but I really enjoy spy stories. Yeah, you've you've loved them for a long time. We've had lots of chats about yeah, spy but I don't stories. know why. I can't figure out why. I think it's because it's like it's not just like a random act of crime. Like mm. there's a reason they have to do what they're doing. Yeah. Rather than just, you know how like the stakes <laughs> are often really high as yeah, well. Like. And they're like, and they, you know, the tension is really built. Oh, that's the thing that we said too, was that it's, it can build really slowly, but there's always tension within it because there, yes. there's so much at stake, mm. as you were saying, that, it can be even a slow moving show or a book even and but you know there's like oh why are they doing it like yeah. oh there's a reason behind it or could they be double crossed like yeah. all that kind of thing i think there's all that intrigue runs through it and i think speaks also like there's so much strategy behind it too mm. and i love a bit of strategy you do love a bit of strategy <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i'm just along for the ride i think it's and the, and the people i think it's the story exciting. you're there yeah. for the story I'm there yeah. for the story. well that's fair enough too but yeah i can't watch anything else now i'm like even my wife was watching something else i'm like oh, i can't do it's not slow horses <laughs> just gotta wait for the next season of slow horses do you know when it comes out? out i did look it up but um i cannot remember eventually yeah it's it's coming soon very exciting well apple well, needs something to add to their repertoire Yes, absolutely. If you if you do happen to have a subscription to Apple TV Plus, check it out. You can watch the first episode for free if you want to check yes. it out. That would be cool. There's a lot of swearing, so I'm not going to be the one to recommend it. But Joel <laughs> has done it for us, so that's great. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> thank thanks you, Joel. for that. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get in, let's get into the episode. Yeah, yes, check out Slow yes. Horses if you do like it. But um, last week I was talking to Stu and Tim about how Stu challenged us: Do we still want to be friends as mm. leaders first? And I thought it was a really interesting discussion. Uh, you were part of that discussion where he originally did it in the meeting, the staff meeting. Mm. Um, and we all had different, quite different reactions. So it'd be cool to ask you what you thought, like what your reaction was when Stu challenged us with that question to make sure. And I think he was ensuring, I mean, the key idea was he was ensuring to make sure, that he wanted to make sure that we were still aligned as a team mm. on what we were doing. Um, and then obviously... Anything at the top of, or anything in leadership will play out in in the the place that you're actually leading. Mm. Yeah. So, what's your reaction? And then you had some thoughts on being friends as leaders too. So let's 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 start with that. Though. Yeah. I I was really quite. I think I got a bit fired up <laughs> because I'm really passionate about uh, being mates together, and I think that um, that's one of the things that intrinsically makes it us different. Mm. And um, I think that we could probably, like I personally could go get a job anywhere, but this is not like, not in that way, but like I, I have, I could go back into video work. I could mm. go into, um, back into childcare. I could go back into um, this other thing that I'm doing at the moment. That's exactly and what Tim said too. Yeah, <laughs> sure. It's, it's like, there's all these places I can be, but this is, but I want to be here because this is where my friends are. And I want to be able to make this happen with my friends uh, and like do this for God, of course, and only through him can any of this happen. Yeah. But uh, under him, uh, we're mates. And I think that's really important and really special and not everywhere has that. And so there's lots of places I could go, uh, but um, I'm here because I'm leading alongside my friends um, and trying to, I don't know, if we think Jesus changes yeah. everything, let's change the world. Like, let's do it. So why did you get fired up though? Because you wanted to, you're like, don't 
change what we've all kind of committed to? I think so. I think it was a I think it was a visceral reaction of like like why wouldn't we want to be friends? Like what's the <laughs> This is what we've been doing like for this, so long. We've been doing this for ages yep. and and don't go and like just turn on us now. Like what, what what's going on? Yeah. Um, and it was this. I think it was a. And maybe I just hadn't had food that morning. Maybe I was a bit hangry. But <laughs> but the uh, the response was yeah, as I was saying, was visceral. Like it was this mm. genuine, not fear, but it was a no. I really want this. Like we, I really want this to happen, and this is mm. why I'm here. Like I'm, this is- We've made choices to pursue this particular type of yeah. leadership or strategy. And type of ministry, right? Like yep. we're, we're doing, we're, we're serving God in this way because, partially because of this whole idea. Mm. And uh, that is such a big element to it that taking that away, I think would change survival at its core and it would change our ministry. Like it'd, tra- it'd, it'd change our leadership team at its core, but it would also- but as a byproduct, change everything else we do. Uh, at, at the at the same time, we're having these conversations. Uh, we're starting some uh, new stuff in the youth ministry. Uh, we're starting up some leadership Bible studies, which is not a new thing. Like it's lots of churches do them, uh, but they're Bible studies focused on uh, the youth leadership teams. It's so, kind of realigning a few different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a big part of that is going. Let's give the youth leaders another space to be friends because they've got Saturday night and they've got Friday night. Let's give them another day of the week. Like that's, that's kind of the, mm. a lot of that idea is not actually, like I think, I think a lot of churches will do this same thing, uh, but it won't necessarily have that strategic goal in mind. Yeah. Uh, whereas I'm like, you can go to any Bible study you want at Solis because they're all going to be great theologically and you're going to get a great Bible out of them. So it's not, it's not to give our leaders more Bible uh, because they're already getting that. That's mm. excellent. Uh, it's actually to go, no, let's do that. Let's let's do that. Um, delving deeper into the word together, because that's going to bring us closer as friends, mm. and so we can operate better as a team, and because we're friends already, mm. uh, and that same thing carries over to it. Like it, that starts from the top down, right? Like we can't. I can't then go back to my team and go, "Hey, I, we've been trying to make all this happen with our Bible studies," but like. The staff team aren't even friends, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, okay. it's like how can how can we expect our cleanup teams to be friends mm. when we're not able to be friends, right? Um, so that was that was I think a bit of my reaction there. Well, uh, this is a personal reflection for you, mm-hmm. or a question for your personal reflection. Mm-hmm. Why is being? Why do you think that that strategy really calls you to live it out? I think, well, for starters, my closest friends are all here, right? And so I'm, and I'm, I'm going to live it out, right? Yeah. And your dad's also been living it out for quite a while. Mum and dad, sorry. Yeah. I've yeah, been living it out for a very long I, time. I have been, so that's, yeah, so that's where I've gotten to. I've mm. gotten to all my closest friends are all here. And I've still got heaps of really good mates from school uh, and, and friends from work and stuff mm. that I am good friends with and will hang out with and love and like play soccer with and stuff. But... Like, for example, our soccer team is getting filled up by people from church because <laughs> we're just like, well, let's come and be friends. It doesn't matter how old you are or, or like whether we went to school together or whether we work together. It's actually like we're just all mates, right? And so that's kind of, it looks like now living it out in every element of church 
is I'm doing youth ministry with my friends. I'm doing Bible study with my friends. I'm doing soccer with my friends. I'm doing church on a Saturday night with my mm. friends. I'm doing, um, oh, I don't know, I'll do fitness with my friends. And I am a raging extrovert. So it, <laughs> well, no, that's true. It, it, so, so it, so it definitely leans into that. Like I, it, it definitely helps that. But I think even if I wasn't, I wouldn't necessarily be doing as many things with my friends, but I would still be needing and relying on and getting love from my friends um, because it's about the energy you get, right? It's not about the importance of other people in your life. It's just that like an introvert will get less energy from being in a group. Yeah. Whereas I will get less energy from being on a one-on-one. Like it's wild. Like even I'm so extroverted that even one other person is not enough to give me energy. I need more people. (laughs) And um, so I'm really energized by having lots of friends um, and doing stuff with people. Uh, That's a personal reflection, but I see the importance of it outside of my extroversion, right? Because it's um, the friends I've got are solid. Mm. and Christians and but loving and- Built on that kind of biblical idea of friendship. No, that's more what saying that's in the Bible, but I think what we think of what it's saying in the Bible is that we should be friends together and it's built on the relationship we have in Jesus. And as Stuart's often said, we're reconciled to God through what Jesus done on the cross, but also we're reconciled to each other so that we can love each other, care for each other, support each other, minister, minister together, all those kind of things because of what Jesus has done. Mm. And Jesus says to his disciples, he says, you're my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because a servant does not know what the master of doing, is doing, but I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything I've heard from my father. There's this just in John mm. 15 and it's, um, so it is biblical, like this idea of Jesus turning to his mates and going, we are friends. And we are friends, not because I'm telling you what to do, but because you know me and you know what the Father. What has been done for and, you. And what yeah. has done. Been, and so mm. because we know the Father, we can be friends with one another and yeah. we can be friends with Jesus yep. and put that into our lives, right? And so we get this, um, yeah, so where I am now is is beautiful in that I've got all these friends now. And I think that has come from years of, like I've been very blessed to grow up in this community and I've spent a long time with the people I'm now friends with. Uh, I got to, I got married in January last year and uh, my bridal party, I think I had seven guys in my- You had a big one. It was, it was, it was, it was solid. <laughs> it was pretty, pretty, pretty beefy. But, um, <laughs> uh, but all of those guys were mates that I had known for either a long time or a short time, but they have been mates that I've gotten through church. Mm. Um, and not necessarily like a few of the boys were from school, but they were the ones from school that ended up at church with me. Um, and I think that was a, it was a really beautiful moment to be able to go, oh, this is a, like the fact that I struggled to get to seven was a really lovely testament to how, how this works is that you actually, um, if you lock in and go, you yeah, know, these are going to be my friends you actually get friends, if that makes sense. Mm. Like it's, it's, it's easy to be like, oh, like I've been trying really hard to get friends, but I don't actually come on Saturday night um, and I'm not really involved in any ministry, 
Uh, and, and this, I, I say Saturday night because I'm very Saturday night centric in mm. in my. This is here at Sora Bible. As I go to my service, yep. but the same thing could apply for Sunday morning at Kiriwi or or Yarrawarra or Cronulla. Mm. Uh, and but it's like, yeah, no, I'm. Why am I not friends with the people I'm with? Well, I'm not hanging out with them. And as you hang out with them, suddenly, oh my goodness, you're friends with them. Wild. So is that like a proximity thing? I think is so. Yeah. yeah, and a, and a time thing, mm. and a, like, and there's not. There's always going to be people that you're not best friends with. That's okay. Right, like that's just how friendship works. Yeah, there's. I feel like there's like varying levels of closeness that you would have with friends. Yeah, but of course. Yeah, but if you can sit down and have a conversation because Jesus brings you together, regardless of what age you are. Yeah. Or or, or what you're interested in. Yeah. Or like, like I have friends that are really, 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 really into I don't know cricket, and I don't care <laughs> at all. Yeah. But I will sit and talk to them mm. about cricket or about anything else, right? Because mm. like I know that their favorite thing is Jesus and then cricket. And my favorite thing is Jesus and then definitely not cricket. Yeah, what's, what's I don't know. Know I, what came in the next rank? Yeah, I don't know. know. I actually am not sure. Um, <laughs> ex, ex probably, something, probably something nerdy like <laughs> books or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but Nothing yeah. wrong with that though. That's no, no, the thing. no. That's it's, the thing, but that's it, it like, right? Like, like I'm never going to talk to some of my friends about the amount of epic fantasy I read. Yes. Purely because, not because they won't listen to me, well, so this thing which they like will. Talking about spy, I really struggle with fantasy. There you go. Yeah. And, but we're really good mates. Yeah. And that's okay, right? Like you're able to be different to people in this space. I think one of the interesting things is uh, people come to churches and they go, oh, well, I'm, I'm struggling to make friends because I haven't found anyone like me. Right. And a lot of the idea of this has been, it doesn't matter if they're like you, like you, like you'll find stuff that you're both interested in. Like we both like football. We don't both like spy novels, yep. but you know what I mean? Like, yep. and we both like Slay House, right? And I think that's a really good example. <laughs> slow, slow, horses. slow horses, sorry. Uh, <laughs> they call it Slay House the whole time and they only call themselves slow horses like three or four times. Well, they, yeah, because they say that the slow horses are at Slay yeah. House, don't yeah. they? Mm. And yeah, this, it, we really like slow horses and that is a thing we have in common. Mm. And so a th it is a thing we can talk about, but we're different, right? And yeah. that's okay. Yeah. And well, God, again, God has created us uniquely. Fully. But then he's also reconciled us to each other. Yeah. I think that's the thing I'm thinking really about. Important. And so you were saying that people come, you think that some people go to church and go, I can't find anyone else here. I think that so. Is, I, that, that is like me or is like what I want out of it. I'm sure that both of those things is it. Uh, I can talk to youth ministry Yep. Concepts. Uh, I was talking to Dad recently. I don't know if he's said it previously. That is Stu. Sorry, just clarify for sorry. people listening yeah. and watching. I was talking to Stu recently, and it is a. I'm not sure if he's talked about this on the podcast before, but if a youth group kid comes to a youth group anywhere, not just here, but anywhere, uh, and they said, "Oh, I'm, I'm, I've come and I'm looking for people my age and are like who are like me," uh, well, you would need a youth group of 200 kids to fulfill that for every type of person and every grade. Even especially true now. Yes. As, as culture continually changes. Of course. And and people become, we are, we are becoming more and more different to one mm. another because our niches are more and more uh, and because the internet is so saturated with hundreds of people and thousands of people that are into this one little thing mm. that maybe one in 50 is actually interested in, but because we have access to so many people. But anyway, so uh, I think that as teenagers, that's the case, right? You need a group of 200 people to get that perfect. Uh, and even then it probably won't be perfect. No. And I think that really easily computes into adults. And as we grow up, we still 
rock up to church and go, I want what I want out of this and I want the people I want out of this. And I'm going to rock up to my gathering and sit with my friends and then go home or and then go out to lunch with them or out to dinner with them. And uh, these are like they're not bad things to do, not at all. Right. They're actually beautiful things because you're going and you're hanging out with your friends. Uh, But the thing that makes it different and the reason that I probably got a bit like uh, or did I say before I yeah, animated yeah animated, animated fired, a bit fired up, bit fired up mm-hmm. uh, when Stu uh, raised the concept of challenging whether we still want to be friends uh, was because yes I could just hang out with the people I want to hang out with and then go home but I wouldn't have met half the people I've met mm. and I wouldn't be friends with half the people I've met I'm friends with and my and I keep using my bridal party as an example but there was people 10 years older than me and there was people um, like five years younger Your brother, than me. Brothers, my, younger brothers. My brother's yeah. six years younger than me. But on Katie's side, uh, one of her youth girls was in it, uh, in our bridal party. Mm-hmm. And one of her youth leaders was in our, bubble, in our bridal party, right? Like you've got this really cool, uh, not just, that, that looks like it's a swing of ages, but it's actually just friends that are just, we're just like, we don't care, we're hanging out. Mm. And that is something that's really beautiful that only comes from coming in and going, I want you all to be my friend. That's just, yeah, I, I was reading a, I was reading a book and it's it is, surprise, it is a, I, it, I like that. I, I, I should say that I share your love of books, uh, not fantasy. Books, yeah. So. Just different genres. Mm. This was a, this is a murder mystery mm. fantasy kind of thing. Oh gosh. How many other categories does it fit in? Well, yeah. Well, Sci-fi. Well, no, it's a, yeah, kind <laughs> of, oh it's this, it's this like Agatha Christie, like Groundhog Day wow. kind of thing. It's <laughs> awesome. It's unreal. I loved every second of it. Wait, what's it called? Uh, the seven and a half deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. And there is a quote in that where the character Evelyn uh, chats to, it's la- it's at the start of the book, uh, chats to this guy, he's lost his memory and he is just chatting to her and she, he's just really refreshing and she calls him his her friend and they've never like known, they don't know each other at all. And he goes like, why, why have you called me your friend? And she said, well, um, I like you and um, like, I, I think, I think you're cool and it's too much effort to, um, to work up to friendship. So I thought I'd just skip there all the way. Um, <laughs> and it's something along the, like not, that's not necessarily word for word. It was, right. it was uh, written a lot more Agatha Christie-ish. So mm. like old timey era, but, uh, <laughs> but that's that, that it's the same kind of line of thinking of, you know, I'm just calling you my friend cause you're here and you're like, we're, we're here for the same reason. And so, and like, so almost friends if, you, now. if you're doing that, you skip the part of like, yeah. you're saying perhaps that, there's one way of we've been almost told to build friendships is you spend lots of yeah. close time with a small group of people yeah. and that's how you build friends. Like the Stu's use the example of the show, TV show Friends. Yes, You exactly just have like six that. friends and that's it. And that's it. But if you, this is interesting. So you think about like if people, someone comes to church and you're like, well, because what Jesus has done, he's making, he's, he's we're friends. friends already. Yeah. So we've skipped all that section yeah. and now we can just almost not pretend, but we're, We've skipped that whole process, but we're friends now because of what Jesus has done. Well, yeah, you just you let's, just let's start from there and then just build the relationship, keep building on the relationship yeah. from there. You just you, you yeah, you skip all the hard stuff, right? And you get to skip all the hard stuff because I was hoping I wrote it down, but I can't find this quote. Um, 
Yeah, you skip you skip the hard part of it. Uh, there's this there's this really cool. Uh, again, th- this is a C.S. Lewis quote, but he talks about how this lady came up to him and said, "I'm I've fallen out of love with my husband," and he said, "It's just a fallen out of love situation. It's not a like it's not an abusive marriage. It's nothing like that." And he says, um, "Well, come back to me in a month, um, but in that month." love him whether 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 it's hard or not and so so do the dishes and make him breakfast in bed uh, do all the things you would do for him mm. when you were doing stuff out of love for him and then they, she came she's like oh okay like i guess i'll give it a go and she goes and does it, does it and she comes back a month later and he goes oh so do you still want to leave her Le- do you still want to leave him and she says oh no of course not i would <laughs> never want to do that and it was just this idea of like sometimes you actually just got to put in the the hours and actually just love either way right and so it's you actually what what, what i'm what, what i'm trying to say is i know that seems contrary to what we were saying before where you don't have to put the effort in but you don't have to get the you don't have to put the effort in to get from not knowing anyone to friends you know? but once you're friends you put the effort in yeah and just love them as jesus has called us to love so that's a sacrificial thing isn't yeah, it yeah right and i'm not and it's not in this in this romantic way that like you don't have to I don't have to make you breakfast in bre- in bed. I'd love you right? to, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it it becomes out of this like, oh, I'm going to sit with you at dinner regularly. I'm going to send you a text when you're having a hard time. I'm going to be praying for you. Yeah. I'm going to be, and that's because you're here. You are my friend, and because you're here, we're going to put, and we're going to both put the effort in now, not to become friends, but to work on our friendship. And again, because Jesus, Jesus is the ultimate model of sacrifice. Yes, that that's. I'm, I'm trying to piece those two things together of like the sacrificial love that Jesus has shown us mm. and completed for us <laughs> that that opens us up to be more sacrificial in that way, which kind of lends itself to saying like you, you are skipping those parts of what is typically considered a way that you form a friendship. Yeah, Yeah, that's really interesting. Do you think that, and you said that people come to church going, oh, there's not this here for me, not this here. Do you think they're missing that sacrificial element? Oh, I don't want to I don't want to go so far as to say that. Yeah, because that's, that's like kind of shaming people for not having I th- it. I but. think it is. And I think it's a really genuine thing, right? To be honest, I think that if that is how you want to do church, that is totally okay. And they also may need it. And exactly. Maybe in a point in a season of their life where yep. they, they may need yep. that. Some people need a really close group of mates mm. uh, that are the only people they talk to and that's okay like at the end of the day it's this presenting our way of doing stuff is not us telling everyone how they should do stuff it's actually just saying hey we've got this idea and we reckon it's biblical and we reckon it's fun and we reckon it works uh because look at all these people that are now friends and look at all these people that are now following jesus we're also very different ages we're all very different yeah um and so if you look at this it works Right, and here's this idea. But if you don't want it, that's okay. Yeah, there are the opt in, opt out idea. Hundred percent. We celebrate the regulars and the irregulars, and it's not sinful to not want to be friends with us. It's mm. not like at its core, like it's just preference, mm. right? Um, but I, what I'm, what we're saying today, I think, is that at Soli's, this is how it works, right? Like I was talking, I was saying before um, that that I was, so I was chatting to someone in the last few weeks and I've only come to this realization properly 
recently uh, because of that conversation. Uh, but they were saying, oh, I've, I've joined this ministry and I'm struggling to become friends with the people in that ministry. And my question then was, are you going to late night with them? When it's our Saturday night, we hang out as friends. So yeah, yeah, we, uh, on, on, Saturday night, yeah on Saturday afternoon slash night, we have church and then we have dinner. And then there's around 8.30, we yeah. do what we call late night, where we just continue to hang out. We just continue to hang out. And I'm like, do you go to, do you go to late night with them? Do you hang out with them at dinner? And, and they were like, no. And I was like, well, but, but, I'm, but I'm with them every Friday. And it's like, well, but every, every Friday, you're doing your ministry. Doing ministry. Right. And so, yes, you can be friends with them because I'm friends with all the people I'm doing ministry with, but that comes out of Saturday night. And so there's another, another separate uh, thing that people say, say is, oh, I don't have anyone, um, like people don't ask me over to dinner. Like that's a weird thing. Um, I just want my group of friends who invite, the, who invite me over to dinner regularly. Uh, and again, I would say the same thing of like, I would, I'm going to invite people over for dinner, but yeah. also I eat dinner with you every week. Right, I have dinner with you every Saturday and I have the opportunity to do that every Saturday. And uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to be friends with you here in this place that we've set up to be friends. And then from that, because of that, we are friends on Tuesday night at Bible study. Because of that, I might invite you to dinner. Mm-hmm. But I might, I don't have to, but I might. Um, and because of that, I might have you over with, um, I might play, play soccer with you, right? But it's not oh, I play soccer with these people so I can be friends with them at church. It's not, I'm in Bible study with them so I can be friends with them at church. It's not, they invited me over for dinner. I can now be friends with them at church. It's actually, it's a, it's a really little thing, but it is that mentality flip. And if that mentality flip happens, you go, oh, this is what this is all about. It suddenly becomes a friendship created. I'm, I'm For people who are listening and not watching visually, I'm using my right hand for this. Created here that enables left hand friendship, but it all happens at right hand at on Saturday night um, or at church, whatever. Um, the Saturday night's a really good example because we have church and then we stay around and then we have late night. Sunday morning at uh, at Kirui is really good. They a bunch of them get there early, then they have breakfast and then they have and then they go to the church service and then they hang out till midday. Yep, because it's just we're hanging out. Right, it's the same premise, but I'm just I go to mm. Saturday, so I, that's and that's where all of my ministry is. So I've got that in my brain. But hopefully, Joel, you can correct me if uh, all these ideas aren't swinging together properly, because uh, I don't want to be too rambly. But um, and I want to try and stay a little bit structured because that is something that's usually helpful. <laughs> but it's that idea of um, if we are friends at church, we will be friends everywhere else. Right, not the other way around, and that—that's the element of the sacrificial love thing too. Yes, when you that's where that church. comes in for sure. So you come into church, which allows us to become friends at church through various means of we have coffee beforehand. Mm-hmm. You know, this again, Saturday night we have coffee beforehand. We have a gathering, and we have dinner afterwards because you know no better way to chat to people than over a meal. We mm-hmm. think, but then there's even more time after that to build relationship and friendship. Yeah. Because of what Jesus has done for us, but then that because we're doing that, that out, that flows out into all the other things that we're doing during the week, whether it is a community group or a Bible study or um, uh, in our ministries. Yeah, right. Uh, now I think that also 
we have these structures and they are helpful. There is at a, our, this church. At this church, yes. there is a trellis set up to be friends with one another uh, that people can use or not. Right, that's kind of the the vibe. Um, but that point of whether people want to use it or not is really important because I think that you can go into these structures and never talk to anyone new. You can walk in, you can have lunch, you can have breakfast or dinner with your people and then you can go home or you can walk in and leave straight away or you can not come early for coffee or you can like, there's all these things you can not do or do differently within these structures. Uh, and then you can be like, oh, well, I don't like, where's all the friendship? Like what's, what's going on? And it's like, well, actually. Which again, like, it's talking about the proximity thing. I'm in proximity of all these kind of people, but you're thinking about where, like, where is that proximity happening? Mm. Yeah. Um, and again, this is like, I want to, I want to really stress that I'm not casting judgment on anyone. I'm just saying that yeah. here is, here is an issue that I have heard about. Um, and you and I are quite passionate about. Yeah. This, this, yeah. I think this, this is a strategy that we have adopted. Of course. Well. Uh, and I think it's, I think it's not always, um, it's like, it's, it's really countercultural and it's really different. And so if people aren't going to get it and that makes sense, yeah, right? Kind of people will butt up a bit against that stuff too. Of course. Yeah. And there's going to be differences mm -hmm. and that's what we, we keep talking about celebrating difference. And so when people have different ideas, that's okay. Uh, and so, but it's more about a, here is what we're trying to do situation. Um, if that makes sense. I've lost my train of thought. What was I going to say before? Uh, oh, um, I think a big thing is the, the sacrificial mm. thing is really important because it's a, up to you to when in these structures, when we're not building up, like you're at the friendship level and from that friendship level, it's up to you to step out of your comfort zone and kind of make that happen. And it's up to them too, but it's not only like it's, it's a bridge situation. It's, you, you can't just build a bridge from one side or it falls down. And uh, so you've got to actually work together to be friends on this stuff. And that's a beautiful thing in action and it looks amazing and, um, and it works, but you can't just rock up and sit with the people you want to sit with. Right. Um, well, you can, you can, but then, it's like you can, it just, it just if you want this to work, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. No, thank you for that clarification. That's really mm. important. Yeah. I mean, I, th I think, it, yeah, it's really important that, what I'm hearing from you is you're exceptionally passionate mm. about doing ministry and life in the way that you're talking about. Uh, sometimes the way that we do speak really passionately about our, uh, the way we like to do things at Soul Revival can put a little bit of people offside because I think it is, is countercultural. I think your mm. point about it being countercultural is actually uh, maybe some people that come from other churches go, this is completely different. Like I, I can see what's going on here, but then it's a, a, a personal level, which you were saying about it, like, I need to step into this. Mm -hmm. And then I think the other thing, again, just to, to rewind a little bit again, what we're saying is that, well, because Jesus sacrificed himself, sacrificed himself on the cross mm. to allow us to have that relationship with God, that also reconciles us to each other. Mm. So then we can express that by being sacrificial mm. to each other as well. Yeah. Um, and I think... You know, there, there's, an, there's an argument sometimes to be like, do you come to church to be served or you come in church to mm. church to serve? Yeah. And I think those two are quite fluid because mm. sometimes you'll turn up going, man, I just need a 
oh, hang yeah, out with one, one of those weeks <laughs> or I've had a tough week or I'm like, man, I'm super excited. I want to talk to all these people on that. But then someone else really needs love and you're like, oh, like it's being sacrificial just to spend time with that person because yeah. they need, they just need a bit of support at that time. Of course. And, but I think it's all laid on that foundation of the sacrificial love, whether it is uh, friendship or even our marriages or like how we lead at church mm. and all that kind of thing is all laid on a foundation of like that. So, yes. Um, yes, if anyone is listening and they hear us saying, this is the only way to do it, that's not what we're trying to say, but it's just we're exceptionally passionate about it. I think. And, we, and we've tried to say that a few times, but unfortunately I think it's easy to talk about all of this like at the big macro level, like at the, at the big level. And so when you're at the big level, like overlooking it and you're not talking about individuals, mm-hmm. you, you, it, it sounds blunt and it sounds mm-hmm. ungracious and it sounds, uh, here's the way to do it. It's Everyone else. Challenging. Yeah. Like, yeah, and maybe it does sound challenging yeah. and that's, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Mm. Uh, and that's why I'm content to, to say it like we're saying it. Right. But, um, but it is, it's important to go as we have, individual conversations it's going to be really different because every individual is going to have a different need and and a different focus and even even if it's as as nuanced as extroversion versus introversion or if it's as nuanced as uh like oh yeah i just when i get to church i have nothing left in my tank Mm. and i just can't Right. I'm like, cool, that's great. Sit yeah. with your person every week. And again, but that's even, so good. Even those people are feeling that way, they've sacrificed. They could have just gone home. Yeah, they're here, they've sacrificed right? to turn up because like, I still want to be at church. It's unreal. Yeah. And so they're just two little examples mm-hmm. of, of times where I am willing to throw all of this big picture stuff out the window of, of big groups of friends and, <laughs> and sacrificial whatevers and yep. to be like, no, actually you just need to look after yourself and look after the people around you yep. um, because that's what you're capable of at the moment. And that's okay. Mm. And that's good. And it's beautiful. And it's what we're made to do, right? We're made to look after one another and, uh, and be looked after by one another. As, as you said, Jesus, when he, when he, when he died and rose again, he reconciled himself he reconciled us to God, but he also reconciles us to each other. Yeah. And so we get an opportunity to love one another and be gracious to one another. And so when we talk about these big concepts, maybe it's a bit late. Maybe we should have started with this rather than retrospectively saying this. But um, yeah, it's, I think it's really important to, to understand that what we are saying, like I'm not, I'm not backing down from the stuff I was saying. Like I think it'd be really important to, to be hardcore with this, like be friends with one another. Like you're already there. Like by rocking up, you're friends with me. Let's hang out. Jesus, like Jesus everything else that. has done all the hard work for yeah. us. Yeah, everything else is done. Mm. Um, there is there is nothing in your life that is stopping me being friends with you because Jesus died for you. Mm. And actually, no, I take that back. There is nothing stopping you because Jesus died for me. Yes. And so actually it's me being like, I love you guys. and And as Christians, when we rock up, there is nothing stopping other people being friends with us because Jesus died for us. Mm. And so we can forgive and we can love and unconditionally. Uh, and sin stops that and it doesn't work all the time. And and we're not great at it. I'm not great at it. Like I try. But um, yeah, there's that there's that idea of like that that's not going away. I don't think that's that's a core part of Sora Vital 
is we are friends with one another. Hence you getting a little bit feisty about it. Well, I certainly value all your um, thoughts and opinions on that. It's been really cool to get to get you to really, um, what's the right word? Uh, wax lyrical. That's what I was trying to think of. What? Great to hear you wax lyrical wax about lyrical. friendship there, Ethan. What um, does that mean? I think that you, <laughs> you've got to look it up now, do you? Yes. Uh, it means just like talking about oh, something in particular. To, to talk in a highly enthusiastic and effusive way. That's that's you about everything. That is me about most things. Yeah, yes, but it was cool to particularly get, this stuff. I love this. But stuff. also, I can hear the way that you think really deeply about it. So I appreciate that. I, I do spend a lot of time on this. Like it's, I can tell it's yeah. in the back of my brain a lot, mm. uh, just chugging along, and uh, particularly when a lot of the not issues, but a lot of the uh, questions questions are about why does this work? How, How does this work? And does again, this work? It's the same with the stuff meaning. Why do we do this? Exactly. Why are we doing it? Yeah, that's cool. Anyway, let's let's move on a little bit. It's something that's mm-hmm. kind of related though. Is um, I was reading an article by there's a, a writer online who I like called David Perel, and he writes some really interesting pieces. Mm-hmm. He's non-Christian, um, and he recently wrote one or put one out called the twenty. He wrote twenty eight pieces of life advice. I got this out of he does an annual review at the end of every year. He writes this big long piece about it, annual review of his whole year. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so he linked back to this one of twenty eight pieces of life advice. But I thought there's a couple in here that uh, a bit of fun ones that we can have a look at, but also um, some other ones that are interest that uh, probably relate to what we were just talking about. So I picked a couple. So here's here's his first one: block off ninety minutes in your calendar every morning to work on the most important thing. Wake up early if you need to. Do not compromise. Um, I find that quite interesting. I think in a in a in a, a work, often we're often in working environments that rely, or we think we need to rely on the constant interruptions, mm. whereas our brains are not built to do that. No. Our brains are actually to work consistently on one thing and then move to the next. Yep. And I've actually heard that you you experience something called decision fatigue. So the more times you're interrupted, the more times you need to make decisions, the less likely you are to make decisions later in your day. That. Is hilarious. I is it also true? It is very accurate. <laughs> I um, I have told my wife that it is. I have to change gears every time I fix it. It feel like it actually feels like a mental gear shift. Mm. Of I've just been in work mode, and if at any point I have to go anywhere else, I have to actually shift gears. And on a day where I haven't gotten much done it's because i actually never got into gear yeah, and i'm so always getting up and moving around and yep. yeah so yep. that's really interesting yeah anyway it's think about that all right accurate. what about this one though have you been I suck at waking up early so i would, I would struggle to <laughs> the not compromise bit well so well, maybe don't compromise on blocking off your 90 minutes the first 90 minutes of your day that's fair that's fair uh here's the next one so you've mm. you've flown internationally a number of times as I have. I that, that sounds like you're a real jet setter oh, but uh, yeah a man of a man of <laughs> many <laughs> cultures <laughs> I've been everywhere, man. Yeah. Always fly <laughs> with long socks and a zip-up jacket in case it gets cold on the plane. You can change your socks when you get to the airport. If you have a jacket, use the extra pockets for storage. <laughs> I thought that was always funny. but That's great. I the long that. socks makes sense because you do get cold on planes, mm, especially you if, you, if you're flying a long distance. Yeah. So it's a good... It's yeah, like I'm always... That. That's you, like your standard get on a plane and wear yeah, that. I yeah. think that makes sense. Uh, I, I didn't used to have long socks, but now I do. I exclusively have long socks. So. Do you exclusively? Like you have long short. legs. I, yeah, to fit the, well, the long I, socks. I have, to fit I have fun legs. socks, so you can't. There's not heaps of like short socks that are. Well, you can't fun. see them. Can yeah, you? exactly right. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, right. What about this one? And I know this, you talk about you uh, suck at getting up early. 
but nothing good happens between the hours of 1am and 4am. Go home. I couldn't agree with this more. Really? Yeah. Why? Yeah, because even when you're actually, it's like, oh yeah, I'm a night owl and I'm productive. Am I going to keep, oh, is it being productive? Or like, I'm thinking like if you get to the point where you're hanging out with someone and you're like, I just want this to continue, but you just get more and more tired. Oh, I do, do love that. that no, that's yeah. that's fun. I love that. Yeah, actually, okay. that's true. That's that's very fun. You just like, I think Week Away is a really good example of it. Like we were talking a lot about the friendship stuff earlier. Yeah. And that was, Week Away is a really good example of, of that in action. Uh, but it also results in 1am to 4am chats that are just ludicrous. I, we were, um, it was the last night of Week Away last year and... Um, there was a whole bunch of raisin bread left over and the boys were up until 3am eating a hole through the raisin bread, not like around it and then putting it back in the packaging just to give it to me the next morning and put a carrot in there so that <laughs> without me knowing so that I was driving home the next day and just munching on some raisin bread and then suddenly there's a carrot in the middle of this thing. It was the saddest moment of my life. So was, take each felt, piece out. And eat a hole in the piece, yep. and then put it, and then they put them all back in. Then they the, put it all back in the packet. Yeah, and that happened at three in the morning. Wow. So, in summary, nothing good happens. Well, that, well that's interesting because there's actually the um, thing of that Saturday Night Live. They have, I think, I think it might be Tuesday nights. They make every all the writers stay up overnight. That's really fun to get all silly ideas and yep. think and make things happen. So yep. that's interesting. Also, didn't really probably lend itself to people. Um, you know, encouraging people to take drugs to stay awake. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes that I'll, I'll let you find out those stories for yourself. <laughs> Here's my favourite one though. Mm. Uh, remember, there's a favourite piece of life advice anyway. Remember the hotel bathroom principle. So whenever this is the writer David saying this, whenever I'm in a city and I need to use the bathroom, I walk into a fancy hotel. They always have nice bathrooms, and if you're dressed well and walk confidently, they won't hassle you for using it. Though the world is becoming more casual, you should dress well enough to walk into a five-star hotel and be able to use their bathroom. Uh, I think that is next-level advice. I agree. I heard something similar to that recently. Did you? Uh, yeah, it's just something popped up in on Instagram. However, I also heard something in a podcast about uh, staying at five-star hotels. Mm-hmm. And they were saying that there's a bell curve of the way people are dressed at a five-star hotel. There are the people who can't afford one and are dressed like they can't afford one. And then there is like the middle ground of all these people who dress really, really nicely Mm -hmm. to compensate for the fact that they're actually like, they they can afford it, but they're middle ground. And then there's the filthy rich. Or their companies pay for it. Or their company, or they're filthy rich. And then they just dress like slobs. And they dress like slobs. (laughs) That was was this guy who was like, yeah, and I'm in that category. And I was like, whoa. Yes, it was very spicy. Way to brag. Yeah, but- um, There's a lot of robes. Yeah, there'd yeah. be a lot of robes. Yeah, a lot of robes. Yeah, robes and those sandal, those mm-hmm. sandal mm-hmm. things that they give you. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would. Which my wife, I loves, totally would love this, and I cannot be bothered. The robes and the sandals. Yeah, I'm all about it. I don't know. It's first thing when I get into a, if there's robes, Is I'm it? getting a robe on. <laughs> Over your clothes? Or <laughs> yeah, you, of course. Wow. I don't care. I'll just chuck a robe on. <laughs> Any excuse. Any excuse. <laughs> All right, here's the two ones that I really <laughs> wanted to talk about, though. Yeah, yeah. And this is interesting to come from a non-Christian writer. Yeah. Religion is core to the human experience, but the way contemporary elites and academics dismiss it is a major blind spot. Don't just read about religion, experience it for yourself, even if you're a non-believer. Attend religious service from all walks of faith. What's your first reaction when you read that? 
Well, I think it's true. Duh. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, well done figuring that out, mate. Yeah. Um, I think that it's really good, and it shows that we have been doing stuff for thousands of years, and that stuff is intrinsically part of the human experience. Christians have been doing that, or religious or all people, humans. but I think Christians. Mm-hmm. Uh, God is real, and He made us as spiritual beings, Mm. we're not like everyone else. Uh, When we are made in God's image, we were made to have a relationship with him. And when you say not like everyone else, not like animals, so not like monkeys and and whales and I don't know. Everywhere, every every other living living thing on the earth. Yes. Um, And we were made, because we were made for relationship with God, we are as a species constantly seeking something spiritual and jesus came and was like this is what it is guys uh and god to the israelites was like guys this is what it is and that's been a fantastic thing and that's what we often talk about uh christianity Uh, we, we often talk about hearing the gospel as a as as the greatest way to love someone and to be loved is to be told the gospel because if as if at a baseline humans are all at some point needing something spiritual, uh, getting told the real thing is the most loving way to go. Um, that's a really cool way of looking at it that I've heard in the past. No, it is a really interesting way, and it kind of fits into what we've been talking about in the evangelism series that we've done um, two series ago, and that holding the middle evangelical line was something that really came out of that series that we talked about and just preaching the gospel mm. which is the truth yep and i think that's really interesting and it's interesting that i wonder if this this uh, david perel writer might end up coming to to jesus one day maybe because of that and he may not he may not as well but i find it quite interesting that how he talks about how interesting how important that's that spiritual side where it's often dismissed mm. but as we talked about in the evangelism series again that people are seeing church as a little bit outdated or um, strange or possibly even dangerous, but they're still spiritual. Yeah. And I think in that that tone or that mindset, if people are still open to talk about Jesus, mm. as long as we preach the truth. Yeah. I think that's what's really important about that. As long as we talk about the gospel and focus on the gospel, everything else falls by the wayside. But it doesn't mean it's unimportant, but it's the central line is, is like you know, what Jesus has done for us. And really coming back to what we're talking about, about the friendship as well. It's the same thing. Mm. I think it's the gospel. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we, I did have another point, but we might leave this for next week. Yeah. Because I actually said that we'd do this with one of Stu's tw- tweets when then Stu wasn't able to make it. So let's go. I'm gonna, I want your one sentence answer to this and then we'll, mm. I'll bring it up on the next episode as well, sure. Ethan. Spend at least 20% of your social time with people who are at least a decade older than you. Family members do not count. Do not aim for mentorship, so you getting something out of it. Aim for a two-way exchange of value. You bring them vision and, you'll bring them vision and energy and they'll give you wisdom and opportunities. I think it would be really fun to do all of these again next week. Yes. Um, to spend the whole time talking about this because you could spend the whole time talking about this. Yes, I think so too. Uh, each little moment is, each little bit of it is really, really awesome. Mm. Um, my thought is 
I'm loving the don't aim for mentorship thing. I think sometimes I'm just going to get this out of this person who's done, who I think's done a good job or the other way around. Yep. I'm only going to have a relationship with that young person because I get to mentor them or they'll get, or they'll get something done for me or, sure. or something like that. Right. Yeah. And I think there is something really beautiful about going, this person is just a person I want to be friends with. Mm. And you it's, end up with that two-way exchange of value that he's talking about yeah, anyway. Yeah, mm. and because that's what that's what friendship is. It's not, and some friendship, like friendships are not perfect. Uh, and there are some friendships that are very one way and that's fine. But the ideal is just be friends with them mm. uh, and don't aim for anything else uh, and the stuff will come. Mm. Um, it's really lovely. Like mentorship is a beautiful, excellent thing, but I think it, it's really cool that mm. that if you if you're looking to spend at least twenty percent of your time with people who are at least a decade older than you, look to be friends with them. Yeah, that's right. Like, yep, and it fits, and I think that fits extremely well with what we've been talking about today. Yeah, um, and I think it's probably time to wrap it up. Mm -hmm. uh, but the the other the other thing that we were going to talk about, um, but she wasn't able to make it. Is ministry is not about solving one problem at a time, but it's about moving from one gospel opportunity to another. Oh, I love that. So yeah, we'll have to talk about that again. Spoilers for next week. Very soon. Well, we spoiled. It. I spoiled it last episode, and then we didn't even do it this week. Oh, so we're just, we're just continuing on. It's yeah, like a. It's like a. Um, a teaser. Mm. A teaser trailer that mm. doesn't ever end. It's like <laughs> post-credit scenes of just like slowly uh, building up to. Okay. Endgame. The big. The big. Moment. Finale. Finale. Fin finale. Well, I hope we don't have a finale for the Strokers over for quite some time because no. we want to keep that going. No, it'll be good to keep so going. It'll last a long time. Yeah. Anyway, Ethan, thank you so much for your time. Oh, it was a pleasure to be here. Thank I you. I really appreciate me. you really sharing your thoughts on friendship, especially. That was really, really fun. It was really, really fun. interesting to dig deeper into that. Mm -hmm. um, thank you, everyone listening. We really yeah. appreciate it. I yeah. was pointing at the camera, but the camera's gone. Yeah, it's all right. We'll fix that for next week. Yeah. And um, if anyone does have any questions or a topic or something that we're talking about on this, um, these episodes and you want to dig deeper into it like friendship you want to call us out on something and we can respond to it uh, you can email me at joel at shockersorbit.com.au uh, check us out at shockersorbit.com.au as your website and uh, subscribe if you haven't already whether you're listening on the podcast or watching us on YouTube we really appreciate it and as always we get finish. in the comments get in the comments get I'd love comments. to see some comments as well get in the comments <laughs> thank you thank you um, but we, we always finish with a one way so we thank do. you very much one, one way, way.